Well, we've made it to chapter nine, and that's all about sharing the gospel. It can be uh, one of the scariest ones for our partner because there's a lot of built-in fear on this topic, but we really wanna focus on the responsibility we have, the opportunity that we have, and when we can teach a real simple and usable method, hopefully we can have a real confidence instilled in our partner to get out there and share the gospel in their sphere of influence. So this is a great chapter. Uh, if you haven't had competence yet in going through the books of the Bible, this would be a good time, even though it's not on the list this week. Uh, if it didn't go so well last time, you can uh, take your partner through that, make sure they can say the books of the Bible. That's a good thing, uh, certainly at this point, that they, they're able to master. And then the verse, of course, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, great memory verse on our responsibility and the privilege that we have of being ambassadors for Christ. So uh, we want to get started uh, by making sure we've caught up on all the, the things that we need to get caught up on in past weeks and then uh, get ready to dive into chapter 9. The opening section of chapter 9, though it's very short, is very important for us to underscore that we have a fundamental task that is quite urgent and should be on the forefront of Christians' minds. While there's a lot that we can do to get distracted in the work of the church as it relates to edifying one another or encouraging one another, uh, when that's all important, uh, underlying it all is the mission of the church to win people to Christ, to bring them the message of the gospel, to have their sins forgiven in Christ, uh, to proclaim repentance and faith. I mean, this is why the church is here. Uh, among other things, obviously there's just lots that God wants us to do, but uh, the church is left here to make disciples. And we wanna get excited about that and get our folks excited about that, knowing that when it's done, when the task of winning people to Christ is done, then Christ returns, human history is over. So this is what, uh, to put it in human terms, this is what God's waiting for, is for us to finish this, this work. So uh, we need to be excited about it. We need to sense the urgency of it as we begin chapter nine. I found that in any discussion about evangelism, it is critical that we identify those folks in our lives that need to hear the message of the gospel. Uh, we need to start with our family. As we lay out there in the partner's manual, we talk about our coworkers or classmates, uh, those in our neighborhood, acquaintances that we have that God keeps bringing into our daily routines. We need to identify those folks uh, that we assume or know are not uh, followers of Christ. If we get those folks in our minds identified, uh, then we can have, uh, to put it in terms of Matthew 9, that the eyes for the harvest. We can have that sense that we know who those people are in our lives, at our office, in our classrooms, in our family, that we really need uh, to identify as folks that need to hear the gospel. Uh, we turn then quickly to prayer and we need to know that we need to pray about these things, but we can't really just generally pray about evangelism. The real effective kind of praying and planning starts with who are those people in your lives. So if your partner fills these out uh, and maybe states things generally, you know, my coworkers uh, over here in accounting or whatever, try and get this as specific as possible and even ask them questions about the names that they write down. What about this person? And what do you know about their spiritual background? And have you ever had any you know, conversation about Christianity with these people? Identifying the people, critical, fundamental, super important first start here as we think about sharing the gospel. We need to know uh, who it is we're gonna share the gospel with. It is hard to overstate the importance of prayer and evangelism. And uh, while I just mentioned it, it needs to be really unpacked here in this next section when we talk about how critically important it is that we pray. That's the biblical example. That's what Christ asked us to do. That's what we see the Apostle Paul so gifted as an evangelist. He's always asking for prayer about um, 
his evangelistic prospects, and he's always praying about the advancement of the gospel through him. We must pray. It needs to be a part of our prayer life, and we look up several passages that'll underscore that point. But keeping your partner accountable, uh, here as we reach the end of the partner's manual in the last week or two, just making sure that we are keeping them accountable for praying for some specific names. Even if we take all the names that were identified in the page or two prior to this and narrow it down to two or three that we're just gonna be committed to praying together for in terms of the receptivity of the gospel and all the things that we talk about, the restlessness and the issues that we break down there uh, that we're praying for them. And then for us, as we share the gospel, those uh, simple four prayer requests that are listed there as it relates to our uh, opportunities, our articulation of the gospel, uh, just all the things that are going to help make the evangelistic encounter one that uh, is effective. So we need to pray, we need to bathe these opportunities in prayer, and you as the partner need to help your partner um, be accountable for praying regularly for these uh, folks in their lives that need to hear the gospel. We, in the next section, talk about the gospel message, which we went through extensively in chapter one. And we basically here just summarize what we went through in chapter one. But to understand the background information, if you will, the foundational information from the Old Testament regarding God and who he is, and then adding that uh, clear focus on Christ in the New Testament as to how he rectifies the problem of sin, our culpability in sin, and then the call to repentance and faith. If those things are not crystal clear in the mind of your partner, uh, then unfortunately what happens in evangelism is our evangelism turns into you know, a lot of method and phrases and uh, techniques that don't reflect the core message of the gospel. So we need to go over it again and just make sure we can articulate every part of it and not even just parrot back the words that we see there in the text, but be able to explain them. Uh, and just even to walk through some basic questions with your partner about, you know, what does it mean that Christ died for us? Or what, you know, explain the concept of sin and why it's a problem with God. Or use a few other synonyms and give me a good sense of what repentance actually means. Just trying to help your partner know the facts and be able to explain them uh, because the technique in describing or presenting the gospel that we look at next uh, is really no good if we can't clearly understand and carefully articulate the meaning of each part of the gospel. This next section on the delivery method, this umbrella illustration is really self-explanatory. As long as your partner has carefully read through it, it'd be good for him or her to read through it a couple of times to kind of absorb each part of this and how it is to be explained. Uh, it can become a great tool for them in sharing the gospel, one where they don't need anything but a blank piece of paper or even you know, at the back of a napkin, anything will do if they can explain the elements of the gospel in these simple five steps, uh, that'll be great. Now, of course, it's gonna need a lot of interaction and that's where you can come in as you work through this chapter with your partner. Uh, you can run through the scenario of having them share this with you, even if they have to use the manual as a, as a prompt and they kinda have to keep referring to that to help them through it, that's fine. But live this out, play this out, and give them the experience of sharing this and be a somewhat receptive um, uh, evangelistic contact and let them share that with you and provide some of the answers that, uh, and responses that you anticipate a non-Christian might have. Uh, so read it, read it a couple times through, have them read it a couple times through, have them share it with you and, uh, and just interact with it on that level. Because of course the goal of this is at the end of the chapter, you want them to do this with one of the people on their list, take one, at least one person, uh, coworker, neighbor, whoever, and share it. 
uh, and people are concerned about how to set that up, but it's not that complicated. They could even say, hey, I just learning how to share the message of the Bible on one piece of paper. May I share this with you? That's where we want to get with this. So get them ready for that by, uh, by running through it with them in this particular section of the, of the manual. The next section is about our testimony. I call it adding our story. And it's important how I worded that because it is an addition to the gospel. Our testimony is not the gospel. And unfortunately, so much of modern evangelism, modern personal evangelism seems to be the sharing of one's story. And as I say clearly in the manual, that's not what evangelism is. It can help to illustrate and augment the presentation, but it's not the message itself. And too much emphasis on our testimony, you're definitely gonna get someone uh, responding to that with, well, that's good for you and I'm glad that works for you. We need to be really focusing on, and the majority of our time needs to settle on, the objectivity of the gospel and the call of God in the gospel that's universal for everyone. Then we can add our story and explain uh, that reality for us. Now, if you remember back to chapter one, we've already done that uh, and written out our own testimony there and your partner has done that. But being able to now to take that and shape that to where it's a uh, real transferable story, a, a concept that they can uh, tell naturally as to how they came to Christ and what that was like for them to put their trust in Christ and what repentance looked like in their life, uh, this is the time for that. But I mean, really in a good evangelistic encounter, I mean, we don't even want this to be 50-50. We want you know, the gospel to be the majority of it, at least 75% of the time, 80% of the time we're focusing on the objective call of the gospel, the elements of, of who God is, who Christ is, what Christ's death meant, what repentance and faith are. And then we can add on that last part, 25%, 20%, giving our story uh, to kind of round out the encounter that we have in sharing the gospel with someone. On the last couple of pages in chapter nine, what we're trying to do is kind of alleviate fear and timidity and anxiety regarding evangelism. And you're always gonna have that. And Paul even confessed that when he came uh, into Asia Minor, he was, he was fearful and, and there's anxiety, but uh, we're not gonna be ashamed of the gospel. We're gonna be bold about the gospel and we want our partner to power through the fear and any kind of timidity that he or she may have regarding the gospel. So uh, part of what we do in, in that list of pointers is think through how to do this. And I think that kind of preparedness can help work through the fear. And then that last couple of verses we have them look up is going to deal with the importance of being uh, bold about the message of Christ. And if we can get this in the big perspective, if we can think about and even extrapolate in our own minds, our standing before God one day and the vindication that's coming through the return of Christ and just the settling of the dust, if you will, on the eschatological calendar when all of this will be uh, the, the present reality and our faith will be sight. And I mean, it should help to uh, really encourage and bolster the kind of confidence and courage that we need to get out there and share the gospel. And then again, the last thing we're doing is commissioning them to with at least one person this week, uh, share that, that message. And even if they're so concerned about it, you guys can do it together. I mean, offer that if there's a lot of reluctance or pushback and say, hey, if it's a coworker, if it's a cousin, a relative, whatever, let's just, maybe we can get together and do this, uh, the three of us. Uh, or if it's a couple, uh, you know, a couple of people, you know, all four of you can meet together and share this uh, simple illustration with explanation and interaction and dialogue and, and see where it goes. So um, that's the goal. We don't wanna um, compromise on that goal because it'd be really bad for us to get through partners and have our partner never have the uh, experience of sharing the gospel one-on-one -on -one in personal evangelism. So important, even if this takes a couple of weeks, we need to make sure that meeting happens before we go on to chapter 10.